the positive podcast episode 45 i am kevin Barral, your host and i'm here joined with my good friend and co-host jake gibson no jonathan Mayer today but he will be back on friday as we preview the uh fiu basketball conference slate and we have a very fun special guest for that episode but we'll leave that towards the end oh um, uh, yeah jake what's up um we have a lot to talk about today we have about 20 something players to dive into today as well as yeah about almost 10 more for fiu football we have some new players some departing players and some very exciting players to talk about too because fiu has finally finished their first wave of early signing day they've mm-hmm. acquired about 22 players i want to say one of the bigger classes but definitely a lot of guys to get into so jake what's up happy new year first episode before uh yeah hey how's it going um again to everyone watching hope you had a very merry christmas happy holidays happy new year johnny johnny was out cruising man good for him yeah man uh, good for him those holiday cruises definitely hit different but uh don't you, you know when it's just you and i kevin don't you get a little bit of deja vu to the first few episodes of the podcast you know it was just you and i talking and then we then johnny sort of joined later but um yeah a, a lot has happened uh the in regards to signing day for FIU football. And we took a very, I think, well-deserved winter break. But now we're back at it, man. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, there's a lot to go over. A lot of players left. A lot of big playmakers have left either, as you mentioned, the transfer portal, graduation, or declaring for the NFL draft. And uh, I think FIU had a very big and a a very high-quality first signing day uh, not that long ago. Yeah, so a lot to take away. We'll pull up the screen in a little bit. But first – and foremost, let's talk about just quickly about the transfer portal. At the moment, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players for FIE that have currently entered the transfer portal, at least from what I could find or see. Um, that list is Chris Mitchell, Jordan Garad, Latier, Kinsler, Grayson James, Philip Houston, Trevante O'Neill, Avery Huff, Adrian Cole, uh, Cole Smith, and Demore Jean Baptist. So there are guys here who we've never heard of, like Demore Jean <laughs> yeah. Baptist. Then uh, there are guys who we've all heard of a lot. Chris Mitchell, yeah. Garad, Grayson James. So it's going to quickly dive into each guy. Obviously, Chris Mitchell enters the portal. Really doesn't take him too long to to uh, go to a new team. Looks like it is very quick. Yeah, it looks like it was a very quick process. And uh, there's guys who just choose not to post their offers. And it looked like this was the case for someone like Chris Mitchell. And he is heading to Notre Dame. He goes now to pair up with. Oh, Riley Leonard, and that team is looking scarier by the day. And Sam Hartman be, at the helm, too. Jeez. That he is should a be wide receiver one. Offense. He should be possibly wide receiver one or two, but he's going to he's gonna have a chance to really ball out at this level. Obviously, there is a lot of risk for him going to the P5 level. You look mm-hmm. at someone like Tyrese Chambers, who declared for the draft and is also back in the transfer portal. Yeah. So you kind of look at that, and, and you tell yourself, could Chris Mitchell go through what Tyrese Chambers went through, which was lack of playing time, really just not good playing time and he ends up departing from the program midway through the season but um this is a i think this is a good decision for chris mitchell you go to the p5 Mm -hmm. level you get to prove yourself for one more season and you get to build up your draft stock he could have easily entered the draft and maybe just maybe in a sixth or seventh round pick and Mm -hmm. that usually ends up with that player getting cut but chris mitchell definitely has the body to be a very good nfl wide receiver at least a serviceable one so He's one of the guys who is now entering the transfer portal. Jake, your thoughts, and he's going to a really good team. Yeah, he's he's going to an excellent team, and and you know a big question is out of all the players that enter the transfer that left that enter the transfer portal and left FIU, which one do you think are, are we going to feel the 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 remnants of the most? Like 
I would say it's between Chris Mitchell and Jordan Garad, but man, Chris Mitchell was such a baller, man. He was he was the playmaker. At some points, he was the identity of the FIU offense because of because, because of the plays we made. We we would not have won the main game or the North Texas game without the heroics. Granted, Jenkins had some great games, but the heroics of Chris Mitchell in those games, right? And I mean, I I understand it. He's going to what I believe is a very um, high-powered offense in Notre Dame. They also got Riley Leonard as well, the uh, former Duke quarterback. Uh, that's a scary-looking offense. Notre Dame, at one point early in this, se- in, uh, this past season, had uh, college football playoff hopes, right? They had they had the um, expectation that they would be in it. Things didn't really go their way this season, all, all things said. But this is still a very respectable program, and it's a program that's sort of highlighted by their offense more than their defense – and when you want to, and when you talk about Tyrese Chambers going to Auburn, kind of struggling there, I feel Maryland, like Auburn Maryland, Jake, part, Maryland, he went or Maryland, to excuse me, um, going to Maryland. <laughs> I always get the Auburn thing uh, there. There's a, there's a weird connection with Auburn to FIU, but uh, I don't know. Maryland sort of was re- heavy on their defense because they had a fantastic defense. They showed out in that bowl game that they won, uh, but I, I I can't see Chris Mitchell having the same. Uh, amount of of uh, of carries as he did with FIU. That's simply because again, Notre Dame has a very good wide receiver core, and um, I think he deserves to be a wide receiver one, if not at least a two. Um, I can't really see him being a wide receiver three man. Uh, he, he's got to be on the field most of the time. He's obviously really good with the deep ball, so Notre Dame wants to utilize him there specifically. I think he could be a great fit for that, but. I th- obviously, we wish Chris Mitchell the very best, and uh, it's going to hurt at FIU. But that those the wide receiver position was one of those positions that FIU really banked on uh, as far as signing day as well and as well as transfers. So it's just next man up, you know. And um, again, the wide receiver core for FIU it's growing. We obviously Chris Mitchell wasn't the only big receiver FIU had. There were a lot of receivers that made some big plays, but it's going to be missed. But I think I think they'll be okay in that in that regard. Yeah, and that's that's the one big thing. I mean, you lose Chris Mitchell, obviously, that's a huge loss. That was almost Kiwan's go-to guy at times. But yeah. you think about it, you're gonna have Dean Patterson next year. That may be mm-hmm. your next Chris Mitchell right there. Right. He is a stud. Dean Patterson is super good. And it, it and this year specifically, he finally got his first career touchdown. Shout out to Johnny. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, if you needed a big play, Dean Patterson was there. So hopefully he stays. Hopefully he doesn't transfer. But at the moment, Dean Patterson's your wide receiver one in this FIU team. And on top of that, you have a lot of depth at the position. And you could go down and down. Mike Jackson, I think, is going to have a huge season for FIU. Because you know we'll quickly go through it. Jalen Brace, he entered the NFL draft. He is done as an FIU player, as well as Jack Daly. And we'll talk about Jack Daly in, during uh, our signing day portion. But yeah. you know Mike Jackson. Put him in the slot. That guy is the fastest wide receiver FIU has. Maybe even the fastest player on the team. You know, size may be the issue right now, but his speed really helps on special teams as well. So you've got yourself a good replacement for someone like Jalen Bracey, and you kind of get kind of the same build when it comes to Dean Patterson uh, replacing Chris Mitchell's at wide receiver one. And we'll talk about build because there is certainly a, a guy who we want to talk about in this transfer portal class that FIU got there. But next player, real quick, Jordan Garrod. He actually transferred and went to Minnesota, and then he de- uh, decommitted, and it goes to Louisville. So mm-hmm. another guy going to the Power 5 school. Now, quickly, every player that has left FIU has committed to a Power 5 school. So kind of shows yeah. you where things are at. Jordan Garab was the only player for the Panthers to finish first all-conference. So 
Yeah. Um, Tough loss, but yeah, it's again, to be expected, these players want to really, as they sort of approach the end of their collegiate careers, they really want to make a name for themselves uh, to build up their highlight reel and, and get more impressive victories against tougher opponents, because that's just the way the, the, uh, the, the, the group of five conferences, the, the players really, they enjoy getting the spotlight in the group of five. I think generally, because again, a player like Chris Mitchell, he got a lot of snaps. He was definitely the best receiver on the offense, but all the amount of eyes on a Notre Dame game compared to an FIU game, it's, I mean, it speaks for itself. You have insane draft classes from these colleges, such as Notre Dame. And again, Louisville, which Jordan Garrard went to, they, they want to build, they want to build their repertoire over there against better opponents, get more eyes and uh, try to do enough to get into the NFL or maybe the brand new UFL that we saw a couple days ago. I mean, Things don't work out for the NFL draft, but regardless, yeah, he was a really good player for for FIU. The uh, the the defensive line for I think for FIU uh, this season had its ups and its downs. Struggled at times, sort of de- defending the run. However, at the same time, you had to play like Donovan Manuel, of course, the forced fumbled machine. But of course, he is also um, leaving FIU. I believe he declared for the draft, which I mean, of course, man, best of luck to him. Uh, we we hope he. Uh, does great things in the future. So that again, losing a player like Manuel and then Gerard, that's a big one-two punch for this defensive line. And um, I would say between them and the offensive line would be some of the most troublesome spots that you really hope that these new transfers can sort of show out and prove that they belong here. And I, I, I want, I want to believe that they do. And the, again, FIU got some great talent in those positions, so we shall see. But yeah, Gerard hurts. Chris Mitchell hurts. I think you could argue between which one hurts the team the most. Uh, I feel like it's a 50-50 split. I don't know. Yeah, um, and then you know what you, you're also getting Garado in this case. So Louisville is getting a Garado, is someone that is going to give you consistency on the playing field. This guy started exactly. all 12 games last year for FIU. He started 11 the year prior, and he's he's a big guy. He is a mm-hmm. big player. I mean, this guy. I, I don't have the current numbers right now, but I mean, in terms of his stature, but you know, I'll give you the the stats: 38 total tackles, 21 solo, 17 assists. And he had two sacks, and he had three last season. So this is certainly a great player that uh, six foot heading. three, two ninety five. Exactly. Goodness. I mean that that's that's ACC stuff right there, and we'll see yeah, how the yeah. ACC ends up looking at the end. Of yeah. The year. Speaking but, of ACC, yeah, the, we saw the, the Orange Bowl. I mean, Wolf, man, that was not a good look for the conference. Uh, I mean, of course, that's that's a podcast for another day. Another but, day, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe really the get... Eric maybe Eric Henry has to come in for one more to just talk about the state of college football man it's weird yeah. it's weird out there we're just that's happy to be that. here but in, in conference usa getting a 10th team in kennesaw state this season that's pretty cool kennesaw looks like a fun team i'll give them that they they brought yeah. in and we won't talk about every signing class but i, I do think kennesaw state deserves the their their flowers here because this is a team we'll, we'll be talking about at some point next season uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the day yeah. and they brought in a german player to play offensive line from the nfl program from that nfl program that you they have uh, out there in germany so what's yep. funny is Kennesaw State actually has a partnership with them, so they're able to scout guys from that program, and he signed with Kennesaw State. So that's a relatively cool. new football program over in Kennesaw State as well. Like I believe the 2010s, they were they, they it was established the football program for Kennesaw State. I believe so, and their and their coach has been there for over 10 years, Brian Bohan. Yeah. That guy, he he's been a winner. So it yeah, pays well, to have experience in the coaching position, and it's a bit interesting because a lot of Conference USA teams. Lost their head coaches, man. A, lo- a lot of coaches got fired. New Mexico State, uh, uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, am, am I missing one? Was the UTEP? I think that's a oh UTEP. Yeah, UTEP as well. Yeah. So 
there's going to be a lot of brand new faces uh, coaching wise for uh, be fun. the conference. Yeah. yeah. So next player is Latir Kinsler. We won't get into him very much because he only played three games in 2023, but he did start in 2022. So uh, excited to see where he goes. Uh, I actually just found it about found out about this in a couple minutes before we started recording, and that's kind of where I told myself maybe we should go through some of these guys. But uh, I'll just flow, flow through some some names here. Travante O'Neill, I believe he was a conference. He was not a conference USA player of the, of the year uh, in terms of freshmen, but yeah, he is entering the portal. Yeah. Uh, Demore Jean Baptist is also entering the portal. Offensive mm-hmm. lineman Cole Smith, he was he's a pretty big guy, 6'4, 3 something. So, uh, I believe he already has a couple offers. And, um, I, I'll, I'll throw this name out there. Adrian Cole also entered the transfer portal. He was one of the first guys that uh, actually came in, came to FIU under uh, Mike McIntyre and through the transfer portal from Syracuse. He's back out there. He had a pretty yeah. nice season for FIU. Uh, I believe he had some injury concerns this year and, you know, to the point where he almost did what Jacob Peace did, which was leave the program. But uh, mm-hmm. apparently he is going to continue to play. And uh, aside from that, uh, let's just go back into kind of a deeper analysis. Grayson James, former positive podcast um, ho- um, guest out here. So he is now in the portal. He hasn't shown any offers that he's received. I would right. assume he's received offers because he's a starter. He's a starter, he's a starter. in this league. And he's been he's been a starter for a while. Unfortunately, didn't yeah. get any action this season. Only uh, started in one game, and that was a very tough game for him against uh, Louisiana Tech. Louisiana but Tech. you look back at his 2022 season, and he was pretty damn good. So um, this is someone oh, who I do believe will end up at Texas. I've said it many times. I do think North Texas, if they were to offer James, that is where he would I think wind up. In my opinion, he's not very yeah. far from there either. He's in the area. He yeah, he is a Texan through this and is through. A perfect place for him to go and. You know, worst comes to worst. There's also Sam Houston. They run in a couple quarterbacks through the portal and, and signing day. So yeah, those are the two teams I'm kind of looking at. And there's also a lot of teams in Texas. So yeah, there's there's so many. About a bunch of FCS teams are probably going to move up to Conference USA. We talked about Tarleton State and Stephen F. Austin quite a bit as far as who F Conference USA should recruit next. But anyway, Grayson James. I feel like out of all the players who transfer out of FIU. Following that Louisiana Tech game, I felt I felt the most confident that uh, yeah, Grayson's probably gonna go. I mean, after after the um, after, after Jenkins got the nod against me, he sort of just kept going. That Grayson has talent, right? He's got a cannon. He can launch. So good. He can he is, launch the ball really down good. the field, man. Uh, he of course he stepped in, I believe, for the Jacksonville State game, and he did he really great. great. He, he looked great. Out. He 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 absolutely sank some pass. There was that one pass that went like sixty yards down the field with Mitchell, and, and, and he just it was a casual throw that just went that far. Man, he's got a cannon. Uh, I don't think he's as good a scrambler as per se uh, 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 Jenkins, but uh, he also has some solid pocket awareness as well. I would say so. Grayson James, I think deserves to be a starter because he has been a starter, and I don't know, I don't know if he can be a starter in the P five level. No, but group of five. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of, of teams in Texas, which he is from, that need a quarterback. And I do agree that North Texas just seems like the best fit. I mean, Grayson already saw Grayson in this FIU team already saw what North Texas's roster looked like when when they played him earlier this season. So he so he has maybe he has some familiarity there. And who knows, man? Um, we wish Grayson the best of luck, of course. And um I can't wait to put out the tweet when he announces where he goes. That hey, if you, if you want to learn more about Grayson, we had him on our podcast, and he was an awesome guest. So, um, best of luck to him. He he obviously uh, he he deserves to be a starter, and I think he will. I think he will. 
Definitely, I do think, especially the G five level. Now, does he have P five potential? I, I I would say yes. Now, the question becomes: Can he be a starter at the P five level? That I don't know. And and I love Grayson. He's a phenomenal human. You've spoken in plenty. I have as well, and Johnny as as well. And mm-hmm. you know, they lived on the same floor and everything. So he's a great guy. Wishing him nothing but the best. Hopefully, he does end up uh, back home at Texas and uh, balls out in the AAC. Maybe that's if I had to put a crystal ball pr- predictions that we see from two four seven. That would be mine. North Texas. It feels like a perfect fit. But um, next player, we'll go into Philip Houston, uh, starting offensive lineman. He started every single game for the Panthers this season. The only player along, actually, yeah, only I, I believe he started every single game. He was Mister Reliable on the offensive line, which was hard to come by this season for FIU's offensive line. He was Mister Reliable. I believe. Let me confirm that. Either he started every game or just missed. Yeah, he started every game along with uh, every day Jackson. So. That was impressive at the end of the day. He goes now to play for Mr. Coach Prime in Colorado, and um, that was the only Power 5 offer he received, and it is the one that he immediately committed to. Actually, I believe he didn't play in the Louisiana Tech game, Uh, or at least he – yeah, I don't believe he played in the Louisiana Tech game. Um, Played 12 games on the year. I'm looking at it right now. Really? It says 11 on the FIU football website. That's very strange. No. But regardless – Well, he played. It was hard to have consistency at the offensive line this season for FIU, especially once they got towards the conference stretch following that homecoming game against Liberty during that, unfortunately, that big losing streak that they had. Uh, They had almost a new offensive line scheme pretty much every game, and it was tough. We had talked a a bit about how uh, with with, uh, uh, Jenkins not that long ago, about how he sort of had to prepare for for the new offensive line uh, 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 rosters that he had to go, go with. A lot of off-the-field stuff for the offensive line, and not to mention, of course, injuries, which, uh, again, um, it makes sense why Jenkins had to run around and scramble so much, Ren. It's uh, when you have a player like Philip Houston who was there. He was there. He was that one part of the offensive line that Jenkins could actually rely on and move away from to make passes. Now he's gone. So it's crazy. The offensive line could look completely different than what it was this past season which I feel like, and and maybe this is just me, but I feel like the offensive line, having consistency in the offensive line is more important than having consistency in your offensive weapons and, and to an extent the quarterback position because even the best quarterbacks can struggle if the offensive line is not reliable. So to have a reliable, uh, a reliable player like Philip Houston leave, it sucks. And granted, he is a uh, redshirt sophomore as well. So he's got, got a few years wherever he goes to really make a name for himself. So... Again, best of luck to him, but dang, it sucks to see him go. He goes to Coach Prime. He went to Colorado. so That's uh, right. He went to Colorado. I mean, a lot of people went to Colorado, right? The, the no, they team. actually whiffed on a lot of guys. The they best, did whiff. The best they, player. They went to Colorado uh, this past offseason because of all the hype, but Colorado kind of disappointed. So, as a matter of fact, I saw that thing. I believe it was a 247 thing of like the top 100 or 150 recruiting classes. Colorado was 99th in the country, and FIU was 100th in the country. So that was weird to see. But, wow. Uh, still, wishing the best of luck. Uh, obviously, I don't think Colorado – I feel like they could have a bounce-back season. You never know. But uh, when you, you have a reliable play, player like him. A lot of, they saw Shador, Travis Hunter. Yeah. Kylo Sanders. They have a pretty good team. So, yeah, uh, that should be a fun squad to watch. Now Phillip Houston helping out with their – I, I know <laughs> – was hit a lot this season so also uh, shout out avery huff by the way i know he didn't really play a whole lot 
Uh, this really didn't put up any statistics. I mean, I don't know. I feel like he could have been great. He is a redshirt junior, so. Yeah, he's the next guy we're going to talk about real quick, Avery Huff. He was the big-ticket transfer for Miami uh, for FIU. Yeah. He comes from the University of Miami, four-star guy coming out of high school. He was heavily recruited, too. St. Thomas Aquinas yeah. as well, you know. He was just one of those full-blown Miami guys. Granted, he grew up at Fort Lauderdale, but still. Yeah, but uh, I do think this was a guy who could have played <laughs> this, this upcoming year. Um, but, you know, unfortunately just didn't pan out, and he decided to, uh, you know, uh, Enter the transfer portal. Uh, he's, I believe, received two offers, Louisiana Tech and UMass. So if I had to guess, maybe Louisiana Tech would be a good landing spot for him. They lost a couple yeah. linebackers to the portal, this and that. So, yeah. I feel like um, there's a bit of uncertainty in UMass, you know, especially because they're an independent team. So you maybe want to have some familiarity. Again, If you it, for these players that sort of transfer out and go to another team in the conference, you'll say at least you have an idea of what you're getting yourselves into because FIU literally just played every other team. In Conference USA, so all these players they, they know the rosters of the, of the uh, the teams, and uh, yeah, I mean I, f- I do think Louisiana Tech makes more sense than UMass. There is a future where UMass becomes Conference USA, right? And th- that would be that would be weird. That'd be kind of, that'd be kind of strange. Granted, I feel like that'd be a great rivalry, right? UMass and Delaware they're relatively close to each other, so um, we'll see about that. We'll see. And that was the last one we got into, obviously. Wishing all those guys the best and whoever else I did not catch has transferred. So, Jake, before we get into signing day, because we have a lot of guys to get into, uh, take us through a quick news break. I know you have a couple of stuff you want to share with us. Yeah, let's let's do a quick news break. And again, we it's been a while since our last episode of the podcast, so it's been a while since our last news break to get you caught up with all things FIU athletics, just FIU in general. But for today's news break, let's just keep it um, – uh, focused on what has gone on in the world of basketball and swimming and diving. Shout out Johnny. But uh, a lot has happened since we've since we've last spoken. FIU men's basketball is five and ten. Uh, granted, there's still a lot of uh, of games left in the season to go. They're coming off a really tough loss to Utah Tech that went into overtime. Uh, Hawkins and Dean had themselves some phenomenal games, but it was not enough. However. They are now beginning their uh, Conference USA stretch of the season. This is where the, the games matter the most. They're going to head to Jacksonville, Alabama to take on the Gamecocks this Saturday, uh, January 6th at 5 p.m. That is going to be seen on ESPN+. Plus. They'll be back home for two straight home games against New Mexico State this uh, the following Thursday and then uh, UTEP the following Saturday. Moving on now to women's basketball. They have a 9-5 and five record right now. Women's basketball recently made some history. They won six games in the month of December, which is which tied a program record for the most wins in a month since the 2010 season. So congratulations to them. They're currently on a three-game winning streak, beating uh, also Utah Tech, along with Chicago State and Alabama A&M. They are also beginning their conference stretch of the season this Saturday. What, you're, what we're going to expect to see for both men's and women's is that they're going to be playing the same teams on the same day. It's just one of them is going to be either in Miami. The other is going to be on the road, vice versa. In any event, uh, the women's team is going to host Jacksonville State this Saturday at 1 p.m., and then they're going to go on a two-game road trip against New Mexico State and uh, UTEP. Now, quickly going over uh, swimming and diving, they have a 2-1 and record as we speak. They have some events coming up. As soon as I get there, there we go. Um, earlier today, they were at an FIU sprint invite, uh, or actually not earlier today, yesterday. 10 a.m. start for them. 
and that's going to continue today. And then they're going to get into their, into their diving invitational this uh, Saturday. And then down the line, January 20th, they're going to host Florida Gulf, Uni- Florida Gulf Coast University for a meet and uh, then go to FAU and, and, and the majority of Florida teams here. So that was your very quick look at Newsbreak. Again, a lot of stuff going on in uh, the world of basketball. Got to say, Kevin, that Utah Tech game, that was a killer. That was unfortunate. They, they, was- they played some of their best ball and they still came up short. That was a tough one. I'll I'll definitely say that for sure. And let's put this away so we could introduce it ourselves. But yeah. So all right, time for signing day. This is what mm-hmm. we're here for. This is what we're going to talk about. We have a lot of names to get into. Uh, yeah. Signing day, as you can see on the screen, was on December twentieth, twenty twenty three. This is a very cool graphic. Good job for the FI graphics team. Yeah. Shout out yeah. these graphics as well. The ones with like uh, the interstate signs, the Lamborghinis. Man, those look super sick. They're they're nice cards too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all right. So. Uh, we're just going to go player by player real brief or as brief as we can because there's a lot of things to get into with some of these guys. So let's start with the first one, Eddie Walls. I'll just open the link here. And bang, Eddie Walls. All right, 6'4", linebacker, 250 pounds out of Fort Myers, Florida. He transfers from Bethune-Cookman. Uh, uh-huh. Didn't see too much. Actually, he actually saw a lot of action with Bethune-Cookman this past year. So uh, 45 total tackles, 17 solo. Um, Jake, this is probably one of the bigger name transfer portal guys so yeah just your thoughts on eddie walls the third he is um probably going to be one of the players that sees a lot of action especially since the linebacker mm-hmm. core did lose a couple guys you mentioned donovan Manuel's now gone avery huff as well so those yeah. are your name yeah the linebacker group definitely took a hit when you have a player like eddie walls who is a relatively fast uh linebacker man he can scour the field and uh he's he's relatively good at hanging inside attacking the quarterback but he also has some great plays where he sort of sort of uh What's the word? Batted, batted his arm into the air and knocked and knocked footballs over. That comes with size. And yeah, six three, or actually six four. It's weird. They have it's listed different on different sites, but six four, two hundred fifty six, two hundred fifty. Excuse me. He's a relatively fast player. I think he's going to fit well in sort of the the scheme that FIU's um, defense sort of likes to run, where they really have a linebacker heavy uh, system as far as, as far as bringing pressure and sort of keep helping out with the secondary um, every now and then, but. Eddie Walls, like like we had mentioned, and and you pointed it out. I think he's I think he's going to start. I think he's going to start for this FIU team because I don't want to say they're reeling in the linebacker room, but they have a lot of work to do because yeah, Avery Huff is gone, Donovan Manuel is gone. I feel like that that is a massive loss for the identity of the defense. Donovan Manuel was the identity of FIU's defense, and now he's gone, man. So uh, it's been unfortunate. We wish Walls the best of luck as um, as he looks to make a name for himself here. I really hope he does. Bethune Cookman as well. That. that they have a relatively good program there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you saw Kyle Wright, who actually was supposed to be a player that was gonna play a lot, but I believe he just played one or two games this past season. So we'll see yeah. if he ends up starting for FI. I mean, you we all thought Avery Huff was gonna start when he got here, and certainly you look at it, he did not. Although he played mm-hmm. every single game, he did see action, he did pressure the quarterback. I mean, he didn't play every game, so you know, no player here secured a starting spot. I wouldn't even go to say that. A lot of these guys probably won't be starters besides guys on the offensive line. And that's a position yeah. I am very excited to talk about here. And we'll talk and we'll mention the first guy, Ben Schellenbach, I believe is how you say it. So mm-hmm. we'll say that he is a graduate student. So only one more year. He is a he is a JUCO player from Melbourne, Florida. 65, 295 pounds. 
you if you think six five is tall for what FIU brought in, wait till you oh, see. Oh, I, I know what we're getting to as far as height. That's going to knock your socks off. But you know what? Six foot five is some great height for an offensive lineman, especially when you're going up against even more massive defensive linemen that can sort of overpower you up front, like literally go over you and knock you down, which sometimes happens, man. You you want to have some safety there, and uh, he's relatively fast too. He can catch. He can catch. Um, Defensive ends on both sides. I think he's done a bit of uh, inside work as well. He's he's gone around during his time. Um, where how do you pronounce it? Tus Tus Tusculum Tusculum. I I, I keep thinking Tuscaloosa because that's Alabama's. That's, that's Alabama. Alabama's right. But regardless, um, I think he's. I think he, again, he's going to be a good fit. I think the offensive line. We talked about it. Defensive line took a lot of hits. So did the offensive line. It's definitely one of those what if sort of scenarios for how it could look this season of course you have the suspensions and you have injuries so we'll see how that fares and i think this is the one thing we'll notice and as i go and click on here on john rodriguez he's one of the freshmen who signed with fiu we'll talk about him in a bit but the one thing we're going to notice about all these offensive linemen is how versatile they are how can they could play right. different spots and this is the first one here john rodriguez 6'5 280 pound freshman he is a center but could play i believe all five spots on the offensive line which is something mm -hmm. we'll get into in a little bit here but this guy was described as very lengthy in terms of long arms and something coach mac really hasn't seen in a yes. player in a center in a very long time and with the absence of john bach and i know they have mm -hmm. um they have Ming out there, and there's a good chance maybe John Rodriguez gets in a couple games. But uh, reliability at the offensive line position is important. Versatility is something offensive coordinators kill for for offensive linemen to do anything, assuming that another member of the team falls due to injury, especially the center position. The center position is such a tough position, man. You have to you have to make sure you snap the ball to the quarterback and make sure it's not a funny way of doing it. And unfortunately, you look at my Dolphins. That happens that happened quite a bit this season, man. And uh, I don't want to talk about the Dolphins. But it's it's important to have a versatile offensive lineman that can stay throughout the course of a season and not get injured. That is so hard to come by. But John Rodriguez definitely looks like the kind of guy that can sort of fill that role. Look at Jason Kelsey, man. Hell yes. I'm gonna say that's and and again that's speaking one of fire thing coach, One thing that Coach Mack mentioned with John Rodriguez is how versatile he is. How he actually does that. How Cardinal Gibbons this past season actually ran those type of plays. That uh, we, we see Jason Kelsey doing where he leaves the middle, where he leaves the center spot and he helps out with the run game. So definitely someone I'm excited for. If he doesn't play this season, he's certainly going to be a player we'll see next season. Uh, next player, Eric Nelson. I believe this is one of the better players out there that they brought in from the transfer portal. Yeah. So just for clarity, I think most of these guys were three-star recruits out uh, coming from 247 Sports. So um, this is certainly a guy who I'm very excited to see. I believe he amounts close to 1,000 yards receiving. So Certainly a guy who, um, per max preps, by the way, I all these stats that I'm kind of figuring. Yeah, there it is. He had the total 1,123 receiving yards and 12 mm. touchdowns, 65 receptions. So certainly a guy on the, on the quicker side of things. But um, Coach Mack actually had a Chris Mitchell. Who could be the next Chris Mitchell prediction? It wasn't Eric Nelson, but um, certainly someone who I'm very excited to see. This is a wide receiver room that has been very well recruited throughout mm. the most of the years. I mean, you look at that at that receiving room there aren't many transfer portal guys it's really right not, it's either juco or they were recruited by fiu and even, even yeah. if they're not coach mac guys they were guys who still you know have made an impact you have ross fournette who's still yet to play a lot for fiu yeah. but he is a, he had a great spring uh, i mentioned it mike um mike jackson you have a uh, luby maurice who i'm super super excited to see what he can do he was on the depth chart, didn't get like too much, I believe. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Eric Nelson certainly got one. Very excited yeah. to see. 
Yeah, all I'll say about, I believe it was Eric, uh, it's Nelson and Nicholas Smith who are the three-star prospects that FIU got. But I think it's important to get um, wide receivers with with experience and, 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 and can have veteran leadership to take the place of, of a player like Chris Mitchell who has been there. And I think FIU's got that with Desna Washington, who... Um, I think we'll talk about it in a little bit bit more. However, it's nice to have some some fresh young legs, like to have some freshmen that can sort of build their careers here at FIU at the wide receiver room. It's nice to have these veterans, but, I mean, with how the transfer portal works, man, you never know on, on, on how long these players will stay here. To have a freshman sort of build their way up and become either the, the three, two, maybe even the one, I don't know about the one. But, uh, yeah, I think um, he's going to be a, a very nice fit here. Stetson transfer, and you mentioned you wanted experience. Here it is. Nazavia Burris, I think is how we say it. Well, it. I think I did. But, yeah, anyways, uh, Stetson wide receiver saw most of his action in 2022 where he had 618 receiving yards. Uh, didn't see too much action, I believe, in 2023. Uh, yeah, only four games. But certainly nice little pickup for FIU. I think this is the player that Coach Max said could be the next Chris Mitchell, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I lie. It's not him. It's the other wide receiver. But we'll talk about him in a bit. Not Desna Washington, but uh, one of the the other high school recruit. But yeah, graduate student will be here for only one year. But you need that one year to kind of let other receivers kind of build their way up the depth chart. And certainly, I wouldn't say a good stop gap, a gap guy. But um, you know, it kind of that, that's kind of what it feels like. But you're building a wide receiver room with a lot of options, versatile options, and and experience. Well. You could you could play him at the slot. Yeah, play him at the slide. And like I said, it's nice to have that experience there because a lot of the receivers that FYU lost were more, some of them were experienced players on the team. So to so to bring a, a grad student, obviously he knows his way around the field. He knows what to do. He, I'm sure he he he's the kind of player that can easily understand the offensive play schemes here at FIU. I think he's going to be a good fit there. Um, like you said, it's nice to have those slot receivers. But five um, eleven, not exactly the tallest receiver you can ask for. And again. But you he want to talk success. about tall receivers. We got a tall receiver that we're going to talk about. But yeah, Nazavia Burris. Nazavia Burris. Yes. Welcome but, to FIU. You talk about the height. I mean, this guy's had success before at Stetson. I don't know what conference. Yeah, they're Stetson in Hatters. I don't know exactly what con- I believe they're. What, what conference are they? They're, are they MAC? Or are they independent? Oh no, Stetson is 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 Mountain West. I believe FCS, maybe even D two. I'm gonna have to do quickly. Wow, check okay. Stetson I thought is, they were uh, D one. No, no, no. Uh, they have a, they have a relatively I, I want to say new, but kind of in the same boat as FIU as far as length of their football program. I, I think they're still um, a relatively. Uh, they're in the pioneer. Okay, yeah, they're in the pioneer football league. So FCS. Okay, well, I mean, there have been a lot of good FCS players to come out of any uh, out of FCS teams. So, mm-hmm. 618 yards, averaging 13.43 yards per catch, three touchdowns. That's pretty good. And we are idiots. It was right there, Pioneer Football League honorable mention. So, yeah, uh, that is Nazavia Burris. I hope I'm saying that right. Oh. This is a player I'm excited to talk about. Very, very excited. Uh, Devontae Lyons. This is the only running back that FIU was able that signed. Uh, he is 5'10", 185-yard pounds. Uh, he is coming off back-to-back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He was the highest-rated Conference USA linebacker per 247 mm-hmm. Sports, St. Augustine, Florida product. He led them all the way to the championship. I believe they lost. But this is an absolute stud, Jake Gibson. This is someone who I am super excited to watch 
This is an FIU running back room, which is loaded because this is probably another topic for another day. But you have Flex Joseph coming back from his ACL injury. Keyshawn Owens, who's just, I believe, now going to be a junior next season. And then you have um, Shamari Lawrence, who I believe has one more year after that. So, yeah. And you keep going down. Antonio Pete Patterson, <clears throat> Jordan Clemens, who I know uh, Keywon wants us to get on the podcast soon. So they have a very loaded running back room. But Devontae Lyons, certainly, I think, someone who will yes. definitely stand out for this FIU team, despite you know not being as tall as you would wish. The the offers that he got from other colleges. He got a lot of P five offers. I'll the University that. of Miami, Boston College, Kansas, uh, K State, UCF, and West Virginia. And it's uh, so awesome that he sort of uh, uh, kept towards his hometown. He could go on the University of Miami, man. I mean, what, what what more do you want me to say? He is fast. He is a very fast running back. Um, and uh, yeah, five five ten won't exactly blow you away, but isn't that kind of what you want from a really good wide receiver who can sort of break, break tackles as good as Lions could at, uh, at, at, at St. Augustine, man. He, he, he has a very fun high, uh, highlight reel from high school, man. I think he, I think he is going to mesh well with uh, this FIU system. Imagine the options you can imagine the, the sort of options you can run with between Jenkins and him sort of just handing the ball off. If you see an open hole in the offensive line, it's going to be fun to watch him go. And another player I'm so excited to talk about, Desna Washington, six, also known as DJ Washington. Six, That's a cool name. Five, 220 pounds, Jake. Uh, Coach Mack mentioned his length, his no. arm length. He said it may be the longest arms he's ever seen from a wide receiver that he has ever had. So this is def- this is the red zone target. This is the premier red zone target that FIU will have this season. Unfortunately, it'll only be for one year. And he had a lot of good offers, I believe, coming out. Colorado. I mean, I mean, when call when Coach Prime knocks and you don't accept that, it's kind of crazy. But Colorado and UCF, man, the size again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The size speaks for itself. And you know what's great about having a six foot five wide receiver like this? You can really utilize him in sort of those one on one matchups where you sort of lob the ball and sort of expect the receivers to go for it. A six foot five play, six foot five wide receiver definitely has the advantage over whatever whatever corner. Has to has to cover him on one on ones, especially in the end zone. If you want to go his way, sidelines of the end zone. Good luck trying to stop him when he jumps up for it, because he's going to be seven and a half feet in the air going after going after uh, purpose high passes. So Desna Washington, I'm very excited to see him. See and I'll be very interested to see if he is someone that maybe shifts over to more of the tight end type of role. Because you look at it right now, he is the tallest receiver on the FIU roster. And right now he's as tall as guys like Rocky Beers and Josiah Miamin. Yeah. So it kind of tells you like maybe maybe this is good. This is maybe really be really a very good. fast tight end then. Like and that's very fast be, tight end. Yeah. And, and you look at Conference USA, and I'll, I'll probably have to look back, but Desmond Washington brings something that the conference hasn't seen, which is a very tall and lengthy wide receiver, like long wide receiver like Desna Washington. So this is certainly like maybe one of the premier red zone targets in CUSA. Now, I can't uh, – you think of conference USA wide receivers. You think of Malachi Corley, who's yeah. now entering the NFL draft. Elijah Metcalf, who now is going to Marshall. You have um, Jamori Macklin, who's now at a Power 5 school. Chris Mitchell. I mean, you think of those guys, and none of those guys are even close to 6'5". Yeah. So you kind of tell yourself – you're bringing in a, a new breed of wide receiver. Now, obviously, I, I don't think he was – I, I wouldn't say he's a touchdown machine, but he had 24 touchdowns prior to New Mexico at the JUCO level. He is good friends with 
um, CJ Christian. They went to the same college, so yeah. JUCO school. So Dustin Washington, man, I am super excited to see what this guy's got. He's easily going to be on the depth chart week one or week yes. zero, whenever FIU plays. Sure. You and can take that to the bank. This I is mean. this is someone who I'm going to lock in as a starter. So the next player who may – we'll see what happens. I'm very excited to see what his career can look like. <clears throat> Clayton Dees. And, no, we're not going to say on here. We'll say it once, and that will be the one and only time we'll ever say that. But, oh, yeah, 6'2", 180-pound freshman quarterback out of Palmetto High. Um, yeah, this guy's a stud. Um, he almost played uh, baseball for the Miami Hurricanes, so maybe we would have seen him one way or another going up against FIU. But he stays here and comes over to play football. It kind of felt like football took him away from baseball in, in many ways. And this is maybe not a guy who will start right away because you still have Kiwan Jenkins, and we have to see how that works out. But, man, and and we don't want to say this, but if Kiwan ever does end up entering the transfer portal, Clayton Dees is your guy to go to. And this is definitely he is the guy. player to um, go to. He's kind of fits that – Grayson James mold, I would say, Jake, where he is, I believe Kiwan is six feet tall or six one, but Dees is just as tall and he's still only 18. Guy, this guy has a mm-hmm. long way to go at FIU or wherever he does end up if he ever does yeah. enter the portal, which we hope not. We hope all these guys stay so we can build a powerhouse here. But um, yeah, this is yeah. definitely one of the fun guys to watch here. If I'm not mistaken, this is a player that's sort of committed to FIU for a while now. Granted, he got some offers from Appalachian State. Who who just won the Cure Bowl? Which you were at, that was so fun. Uh, Appalachian State as well. At, at the end of the day, it's nice to have competition for Jenkins in these in these practices to make sure that he's he is um, performing the best that he can in regards to having uh, a a very a potentially a very solid a very solid um, uh, 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 QB two. When uh, it, again, God forbid something happens to Jenkins this upcoming season, that would require someone like uh, Clayton to come in. But if that were the case, I think he's he's got the arm. He's a real he 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 has good pocket presence from what we've seen as well. I feel like he granted he 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 doesn't play very similar to Jenkins, but I think it's nice to have a a, um, a pair of quarterbacks that sort of play opposite of each other as far as how how they stand in the pocket, how they want to move around and run around, or if they just want to take the hit. Throw, throw the long ball. Um, it's nice to have differences in uh, talent and earn or, or, or skill sets in the quarterback room. First defensive player we'll talk about here, Robert Williams out of uh, Columbus. 6'3", 265-pound freshman. Defensive line, certainly a spot that FIU needed depth at, and they bring it here with uh, Robert Williams, who a uh, pretty versatile guy at 6'3", mm-hmm. kind of could play those corner spots there in defensive line. So, Excited to see what he could provide. Really can't tell you much more outside of that. He they went all the way to the um FHSAA championship in 2022 yeah. and 2023. I mean, Columbus High is a very good school in terms of it the- is. He got again, he got he got offers from the University of Miami, also Liberty, who um again is sort of the cream of the crop when it comes to conference USA at the moment. Granted, didn't really look the best against the Oregon Ducks, but That's again. It, it, it was tough to watch. It wasn't really a good fo- – it started off great, right? Um, they scored that opening touchdown, and you're like, man, this is going to be a game. Then he missed the extra point, and it's like, eh, that's not great. And then um, Bo Nix had himself an amazing game. It, it is what it is. But still, uh, yeah, there, there's just not a whole lot to say here. It's nice It's nice to build up your offensive line, which, of course, has taken a huge hit. Same with the linebackers. The, uh, the, the FIU defense, again, I feel like it's going to be uh, have a br- even bigger identity change from 2022 or 2023 to 2024 than the offense. And uh, when you have players like this, I think he's going to, I think he could be a good mesh. We'll see. 
Nicholas Smith Jr. This is who I believe Coach McIntyre said could be a Chris Mitchell-esque player. So six foot, six feet tall, 170 pound wide receiver out of Stranahan High School. Uh man, he is a stud. And maybe he doesn't play this year, but he kind of gives me the vibe that maybe this is the next Chris Mitchell. He gives me kind of the build. He's already at six feet tall. Chris Mitchell yeah. kind of around that height. Uh, Kevin can put some weight on, and I believe that will be the case as well with Eric Nelson Jr., who we spoke about a little earlier. So I'm very excited to see what Nicholas Smith Jr. could provide and another wide receiver. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Big Game Boomer put Coach Jay McIntyre on the list. So Hey, shout out to him. I did. That was cool. That was cool to see. Only FIU coach to make it, too. So it shows what type of uh, room he is building as a player's coach. He would be a pretty cool podcast guest at some point, too. Yeah, I mean, Nicholas Smith, maybe a diamond in the rough. I believe he only – did he get another offer aside from just FIU? I think he was just FIU despite being a three-star. I'll, I'll, I'll have to quickly research that, but he, he's he's a speedy back. And if, if you want to compare him to Chris Mitchell, the best I can say is that he can get downfield very quickly, just like Chris Mitchell. So if, if that's what Mike McIntyre and Jay McIntyre see, as far as utilizing him in, the, in that regard, then by all means go for it. Uh, it was the uh, the Jenkins to Chris Mitchell show. A lot, a lot of the uh, games of the season for FIU when it comes to uh, Smith how the had four offers. Football. Smith had four offers: FIU, okay. Arkansas State, Bowling Green, and Pittsburgh. So well, okay. one power five offer. He was recruited by running back coach Eric Hickson and Jay McIntyre. So that is Nicholas Smith for you. And uh, we, I, I can't right now keep in mind the player. You know which coach recruited who, but. I can tell you that David Yost did recruit. Uh, so that was the only player that he was that was mentioned. David Yost recruited, um, and I will mention it on here, and I'll mention it to you. You know this, but uh, Yost and DeWitt's contracts are expected to expire uh, January 15th. So not next week, the week after that, I believe, on that mm-hmm. Monday. So we'll see what they do there. He has not. He was not credited for any recruitments aside from D's. And as you mentioned, D's had been recruited for a very long time. So you know, take that with what you will. Um, and DeWitt was recruited, was, you know, he was mentioned for a lot. So I would expect, right. him, but that's, that's for another day. I'm very excited to talk about Kanaji Saffold, uh, also known as KJ Saffold. He is a treasure coast player, six, five, three twenty five freshman. I mean, you, this is what you want from an offensive lineman. And yes. as a freshman, he could still grow a lot and he gives you a lot of power. I believe he's a pretty versatile guy as well. Can play, mm-hmm. I believe, all five spots. And uh, this is what you need from someone like him. Versatile, tall, and big. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a hard player for defensive linemen to sort of get around to get to the quarterback. He, you can't really push off a player like him. He's big, and he, like you say, he's gonna get bigger. He's going to get bigger, and he's going to um, if if he can sort of stay at one position the whole season. Maybe a player like him doesn't need to be exactly versatile. He just needs to uh, be one of those players that you can rely on game in and game out. And he, and he did that in high school. So uh, again, another exciting addition to an offensive lineman that, like I said, going to be very different from what we saw in 2023. And his high school teammate, Shamir Sterling, another player just like Saffold, who received a scholarship during this uh, zero-star player, I believe, but still one of the Mm -hmm. better players at Treasure Coast. Uh, 6'1", 185 defensive back. Should be fun to watch him play. Uh, Maybe won't play this year, but uh, since you have Hezekiah Masses and Brian Blades there as that combo, and uh, you still have some pretty good safeties and C.J. Christian out there, so... Should be fun to see where Sterling lines up. Maybe yeah. not next year, but the year after that in twenty five or twenty six. You know that those years I think would be the prime years for for someone like Sterling. I don't know if you want to add on to anything there. No, you you pretty much highlighted there. He he has recorded some interceptions in high school. I believe f- five interceptions in three seasons. So 
again, I don't know how much utilization he could get immediately, but he, you know, it, it's nice to have some some depth in in that cornerback group, especially when you take on, like, like you said, a very good wide receiver um, uh, a conference. Granted, they lost a lot of people. There, there are still some great receivers to Conference USA. Yeah, Raheem Sexel. This is a 6'1", 185-pound defensive back. He was a three-star recruit, if I recall, from 247 Sports. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of the fun guys here in this class. Um, very quick, agile guy. Um, so should be a fun one. Uh, anything else really want to add on him? He had four interceptions during his senior campaign, 18 tackles, 10 passes were def- uh, deflected or defended in this case. So, yeah, should be a fun little addition here. For he, yeah, he was, he was a, a little wide receiver, earlier. right? He sort of made the switch from wide receiver to defensive back, I want to say. So that is the, that, that's the one thing, too. A couple guys on this list did make the switch either from defense to offense or offense to defense. And obviously, you usually see that during, I don't want to sound weird, but peewee football right. or even early on in like your freshman or sophomore year of high school. And that was the case for someone like Sexel. He, but yeah, I think he, think he definitely made the good decision. His his stats, as far as what he was able to do as a defensive uh, back, definitely sort of outside what he did as a receiver. Granted, he's a pretty good receiver as well. He's fast, you know, he's fast and he's got great hands. So he he definitely be one of those sort of um, island kind of defensive backs that sort of sorts of lock lock down the deep ball. Ashton Levels, another defensive back, just kind of kind of run through, and we have about five ten minutes left here. So. And there's definitely some guys we want to touch on here for a bit. So this is another one, six one hundred seventy pounds. Defensive back out of Texas. He went to Butler CC uh, High School of DeSoto. So I believe this is a transfer uh, Mm -hmm. from a Juco guy. So definitely brings experience to the table. So maybe he gets a better shot at starting pretty quickly, uh, Junior. So anything else you want to add on before we move on? No, I, I just want to say that FIU has a has a great history of finding talent through the JUCO system because the, because the JUCO system has some can can produce some great talent and FIU knows it. So excited to see what he brings to the team. I'm probably wrong, but this may be the last defensive back we talk about. Uh, Jaden Williams, fresh and 190 pounds. I believe he didn't have any stars on 247, so um, should be definitely more of a project type player. But um, this is definitely one of the fun guys we're going to talk about here. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about it. Again, he 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 got some Power Five offers again from Colorado, Illinois, Purdue. Yeah, he 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 got some. Did, good he, did, he, did he have over. any stars? Did he have any stars or no? Uh, let me. Double be a three star. I don't believe. No, yeah, he he was a three star. He was three star. Okay. At, okay. He was a three star as safety. So um, that's what he was sort of listed at. He has a lot of offers. Again, three interceptions, seventeen total tackles in ten games. Um. Um. Uh. Uh, in, in high school, I mean, for one season, three interceptions—that's not too shabby for for uh, for a uh, for a high school player. So, like, I'd, I'd like to see how, what what he brings to the table immediately. Great again, uh, freshman defensive back. It's, gonna, it's, it's I think it's going to be hard to find some minutes immediately, but I mean, we'll see what he can do. Josiah Taylor, freshman, six foot tall, two hundred ten pound linebacker. I'm actually very excited for Josiah Taylor. This yes. is one of the best linebackers they brought in from the high school class here, and. Uh, he, he was very damn good. He totaled 414 total tackles and 290 solo tackles throughout his high school career. He had uh, 40 games, four-year starter at the varsity level. So it shows you that he came in right away, and he was pretty damn good. I believe he had some Power 5 offers as well. Yeah, he I, he got some Power Five offers as well. He made the um, he made the I believe he made the varsity the varsity team in his freshman year. Yep. That's, that's crazy. Started all four years. Started all four years, man. I believe he also got an offer from Liberty as well. Again, it's nice to see all these players get offers from Liberty, but sort of stay closer to home. Of course, Sebring, shout out, shout out, Brian Bri- Bri- West also grew up near that um, area. We had him on the show not that long ago. So uh, check it out, check it out. Yeah, check check it out, check it out. It, it was a fun one, but um, 
yeah, man, it's 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 nice to see uh the the Florida growth that we're seeing here. All these all these um Florida players are sort of sticking with the three oh five school. Travion Barnes, Juke out of Georgia military. This is someone who I'm so again. I am so excited to watch Travion Barnes play football. He was really good in 2023. He was very good in his, in his two seasons at JUCO. This Georgia is Military College, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Georgia yeah, Military. never heard of that school until I heard about Travion Barnes. That's so. the blessing of JUCO, isn't it? You, you, you'll never find out where these colleges are from, but the FIU recruiters obviously know know them more than us because they keep finding talent like this. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. So, some of the best talent you, we have seen at FIU, of course, you think of Tyrese Chambers being a JUCO product. FIU has some great history of JUCO, and we hope this sort of continues with Barnes. And he's got the numbers to prove it. Yeah, it definitely does. And he definitely has a chance to start right away. I mean, you lost Avery Huff and Donovan Manuel. You have to replace about 100-ish so tack, total tackles. And yeah. Barnes will definitely help that out, as well as Josiah Taylor, who I do hope plays in his freshman year. But you know, usually that type of stuff is unlikely. Now I'm very excited to talk about, I hope I pronounce this correct, Jacavio Nonar. This is a Power 5 transfer from Maryland. Uh, this is certainly one of the bigger guys in this class, 6'7", 285. He is an offensive lineman, another Florida product. He played at um, Glade Central and uh, goes to Maryland. So definitely shows that he did have a lot of interest originally from Power 5 schools and should be a fun player that maybe starts right away. Maybe starts right away. It's nice to have. It's nice to have a lot of height in the offensive um, line position. Specifically, you can stop. You can if you're taller than the defensive lineman you're sort of matched up against. You can pretty much dominate the. Uh, you you can pretty much clear the room that your quarterback has to throw the ball. You can sort of limit their ability to to uh, to uh, not bat the ball down as well. It's it's cool to see a very tall, very tall offensive lineman. I think six foot seven is very very tall. Another player I'm very excited to talk about here, Jermaine Carter. Uh, he went to Miami, New Orleans. This guy's a stud. If we talk about a Jack Daly replacement, this is one of the guys we'll mention here. Maybe in the later, you know, later on in the, in his college career, he would replace maybe as soon as 2025. Uh, 6'1", freshman defensive lineman. He was very good. He's a very good nose guard. So there you give yeah. another option there. We'll talk about another guy who comes from. Uh, all the way from California, but we'll mention him in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so certainly a guy who I'm very excited. 52 total tackles, 32 solo uh, as a senior. So I believe he played in two high schools, but with New Orleans, he took him all the way to the state yeah. championship. And unfortunately, I, I'm surprised no other conference uh, USA team gave gave gave, they gave this guy an offer, man. He is a – I believe he got an offer from Miami, if I recall. Yeah, I believe so, but no other CUSA team. So, again, this guy's a stud, and – uh Again, he he could throw himself into the depth chart week one. I, I would not be surprised. Cole Gustafson. Gustafson. Uh, this is definitely the guy who will be replacing Jack Daly. If you want to lock it in right now, I would lock it in myself. 6'5", 310 defensive lineman out of uh, Juco. Um, he's from California. Uh, this is mm-hmm. certainly I'm very excited to see what he can do. 32 tackles, 10 solo, 3 sacks. A lot of tackles for loss as well. This is certainly someone who fits the FIU mold. And right there, we'll slot into where Jack Daly played. Coach Max said it himself. This is a grad junior, so he would be here for I believe two uh, this season, next season, maybe yeah. a graduate year. So yeah, maybe maybe an additional grad student year. But yeah, the uh, the height and build definitely very similar to Daly. So I think that that is a very solid comparison. And as we come to wrap up, we have three more players. Uh, Dwight Nuno, I believe this is a junior. Yeah, junior out of yeah. um, out of Texas. So it kind of shows you what you're getting there. Dodge City, previous school. 
Uh, Seventy five against JUCO. I love all the JUCO JUCO pickups that FIU has gotten, man. It's really cool. Texas native as well. So yeah, we're gonna lose Grayson James, and we're still gonna have that Texan in the roster. That's gonna be all yeehaw. You know, I I don't know, but uh, I, I I always think to when Grayson James in that episode of the podcast, he had the sort of Texan flag behind him. You know, the 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 Texas people they just they love their state, and I mean. There's always the argument, which state produces better talent, Texas or Florida? It's definitely a, a decisive question that will net you a ton of answers. We should, we should ask Eric Henry that, you know, being uh, the uh, official cover of, of the Longhorns. So, yeah, but Dwight, yeah. you know, very quick, agile guy, versatile, could, could play a couple spots in the linebacker area. So very excited to see what he brings to the table there for FIU. And then two more guys, Sedoni Gay, uh, defensive back. You see, I lied, and there was another one. Um 6'1", 185-pound freshman. I mean, a lot of these guys either play or don't play in their freshman year. I mean, it's very unlikely that they do. Maybe they see more action as a um, special teams player. That's where they get the most reps. For example, Landon Hale, safety. He played a lot of special teams this past season. So should yeah. be a fun player here to have, another Miami product. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, special teams, they can, he can absolutely make a name for himself. And, again, we don't want to – we don't want to predict that injuries will happen, but of course that's something you have you need to prepare for. And when you have depth at that position, like FYU could have, it's definitely a good sight to see. And are, I mean, are we wrapping it up here with Jaleel Davis, Kevin? Final player of the signing class as we wrap up this episode, Jaleel Davis. This was the final player to sign with FIU. He signed right on the dot, right at the at the midnight marker, basically, or in this case, 2 p.m. Jaleel Davis, 6'6", 315, offensive line, comes from NC State Power 5 school. Jake, I mean, this guy, I, I want to bank it right now. He's going to start for FIU week one. Yeah. Uh, a player like him, he absolutely has the talent. He's, he's, again, a versatile player that can play all five spots, no problem. He didn't get a lot of time with NC State because, again, NC State has, has a great offensive line. But he can absolutely make a name for himself in a, uh, again, a, 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 I don't want to say a, ma a match unit, but definitely a, a offensive line that had a lot. Uh, of players come and go so uh i just can't wait to see him and can we just see all these transfers as they as they uh hopefully make a big name for themselves in the future of fiu football man and with that that'll do it jake um we have one more episode for you guys this week friday before uh friday night i think we'll do a pause up preview bringing yeah. that preview we will have jonathan Marin. we will have a guest with us i you see i real quick real quick who, who who's winning the natty kevin who's winning, who's winning the natty, the natty? Michigan. Um, mm, I don't know. If they, I don't know. Michigan has a good defense. Can they really take down Penix? Penix is having like the quarterback year of his life, man. Uh, I am also going to go Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to trust their defense. They took down Alabama. That ain't easy to do, man. We will have FIU basketball SID Darren Jorgen, I think as I say, uh, on the podcast. I know I butchered the last name big time, but we're very excited to have him on. He's yeah, Darren's new here. He's already a legend, bro. He is uh, – He's a super cool guy. Def absolutely knows his way around FIU basketball clearly, and uh, we—it's been fun to work with him. These uh, the this as the season has begun, and we have a lot to talk about regarding basketball that we're going to get into uh, this weekend as FIU gets ready to take on Jacksonville State. Should be a fun time. Alrighty, so from Jake, myself, we will see you guys all on Friday for pause up preview, and uh, Jake, as always, pause up, pause up. <laughs>